Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we usually go back and check out a Netflix original film in the order of release, but today we have a very special bonus episode. We are going to be looking at Netflix 2023 computer animated fantasy action comedy, The Monkey King, directed by Anthony Starchy. It stars the voices of Jimmy O. Yang, Bowen Yang, Joe Koi, B.D. Wong, Jolie Huang, Rupert Port, and Stephanie Hsu. I'm Jesse. I'm here solo. This is a, a brand new Netflix film that I'm going to talk about, give you my thoughts. As always, I'm going to spoil it along the way. So if you are keen on checking this one out, haven't seen it yet, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because we kick off our show with The Fast Flicks where we do a quick little summary of what the film is all about. And this one, it's about a monkey who has been rejected all of his life and he goes on a quest for immortality. Ooh, interesting. I think this is a... Um, a good one where we're going to talk a little bit about the context of the film and how it ended up on Netflix. And I think um, some important information that you probably need to know is that it's based on this uh, novel called Journey to the West, which is a Chinese novel from the 16th century during the Ming Dynasty. And um, it's attributed to Wu Shengzhen. Uh, it's regarded as one of the greatest classic Chinese novels of all time and has been described as arguably the most popular literary work in East Asia. Um, so there was an abridged translation called Monkey, which was released in 1942 by Arthur Welly. Uh, and this is what it's probably known as best in English speaking countries. And I think there's been some adaptations of that as well. So, um, yeah, there, there's a nice little story. Um, I guess more information on the novel to sort of have some context around this. It's, it's, um, it's, it's an account of the legendary pilgrimage of the Tang Dynasty's Buddhist monk called Zhuang Zhang, who traveled to the Western regions of Central Asia and India to obtain Buddha's sutras or sacred texts and returned after many trials and much suffering. So that whole idea of trials and tribulations and, and overcoming odds to, you know, like a hero's journey almost. So that's what this is, uh, this is, this film's based on the sort of film, this version that we see um, sort of starts around October of 2017 where Oriental DreamWorks, which are now known as Pearl Studios, announced the film with Steve Benrich and John, sorry, Ron J. Friedman as the writers. Didn't materialize then. Then we sort of skip forward to May of 2021 where Netflix announced that they were going to release the film with Peelin Chow as producer and Stephen Chow as executive producer and Anthony Stacci as director, as we see. Um, Real FX were originally appointed to animate this film um, until it was transferred over to Tangent Animation, who had produced other Netflix um, film called Next Gen, which I think we're going to cover on this show soon, as well as um, the series on Netflix called Mayor and the Threes. Uh, then we get to August of 2021, and uh, Tangent Animation had actually shut down, uh, which um, sort of halted production of this film, and um, apparently Netflix were displeased with their work, uh, Tangent's work of that animation anyway, so the film was given back to real FX, and that's how we've got this film. Um, it's important to note that this has an all-Asian voice cast. There's 47 different locations in this film, so a whole bunch of um, different you know, locations and settings uh, for this animation. There's 381 different types of vegetation in this film, all done in different greens, so a whole bunch of different greens. The Monkey King, our main character, 
he apparently he's got 390,302 hair follicles uh, that create his fur. So, um, and this is sort of shown in four distinct variations to sort of show him, you know, being armored or wet, those types of things. That's quite interesting. A lot of detail obviously has gone into the animation in this film. Uh, there's, there's this scene where they're in the archives of hell with all these scrolls and apparently there's uh, a bit over 8.5 million scrolls in this actual room that they animated. Crazy. Um, and on top of that, apparently there's about 115 different unique characters that were designed for this film. So an awful lot of work, as always, that goes into an animated film. This film has a tagline. The tagline for this one was, The legend has arrived. Had another one, which I much prefer, and that is, The greatest teams stick together. I love that. I love that tagline because this film is about... Um, the Monkey King, who, was, who you know, obviously it's the title of the film, but also his other character, Lynn, that we're going to talk about, working as a team alongside this magical stick that um, that the Monkey King uses. So I think that's a fantastic tagline. Um, this did premiere, or yeah, it did a premiere as the closing film at the New York Asian Film Festival on the 30th of July of 2023, before hitting Netflix worldwide on the 18th of August 2023. What are the critics and audiences saying about this film? Uh, very hard early on. I sort of have held off recording this. Uh, I watched it on pretty much as soon as it dropped on Netflix and there was like 40-odd sort of uh, reviews across all, all platforms. So I waited a little bit to sort of get a little bit more of a consensus. But Rotten Tomatoes, it's got 31 reviews. sits fresh at 61%, so um, just fresh. Then the audience, it's fresh as well on 64%. That's on less than 50 reviews. IMDb, it's only got 417 ratings at the time of recording. sits at a 6 out of 10. We go to Letterboxd, um, again, just like 499 ratings, so not a lot of ratings. It sits at a 3.1, and Metacritic as well. It's only got 10 reviews, sits at a 59, which is in that yellow middle range. So uh, sort of, you know, not the top end of Netflix animation that we've seen sort of recently, I guess, if you think about um, Nimona and uh, Well-Known Del Toro's Pinocchio. Those films have been pretty well received, um, often in the high end. So this one's sort of sitting in the middle. What are my early thoughts on this one? Um, I guess I'm sort of in that same sort of boat. Like, this is fine family entertainment. Um, it doesn't break any expectations or do anything nine, not do anything new. I think it's it's probably it's just fine, and that's that's where we're gonna um, kick off into the characters of this film. So we're gonna start with the Monkey King. Um, obviously, title of the film, Monkey King. It's uh, this this monkey is born on a mountain from a magical rock. Um, the audience, we see him as a little baby monkey, uh, and as he sort of develops and grows up, he's constantly seeking acceptance and constantly rejected over and over again, and, and has to work on his own and, and live on his own, I guess. Um, in saying that, he's very selfish, annoying, and probably, like for me, a really poor protagonist who, as the audience, I like, I, I can't and probably never will like. I, I feel like his arc's really poor. Um, he does team up with Lynn, as I mentioned before, but he's so horrible to her. He talks down to her, shows her little respect, refers to her as like this insignificant pebble throughout, and I know that that's sort of meant to be a metaphor, but he's also constantly ditching her, leaving her behind. Um, he's arrogant, illiterate, and realistically unwilling to change throughout the whole film until the last couple of minutes, which is um, not really an arc that's thought out or um, executed properly, I think. So that, that's a little bit frustrating to start off with. I did mention Lynn. So Lynn's this peasant girl who um, lives in a little town or a village um, suffering from drought. So she sort of teams up with the villain, the Dragon King, and was secretly working for him to sort of uh, get this stick that the Monkey King uses as, as his powers to, to give it, return it back to the Dragon King. Um, as a character, she, she wants to make the difference. And I guess 
as a character in this film is probably the one character that's almost sort of fleshed out a little bit. Um, the Dragon King, who I mentioned, is the main villain, um, but a campy villain at that. Uh, that doesn't go like full villain, villainous Jafar from Aladdin or anything like that, but has some really memorable moments, which we'll probably talk about in some scenes that I liked as we go. Um, the Dragon King does have these two little sidekicks, uh, Benbo and Babo. <laughs> they really reminded me of those two little things that follow, I can't even remember their names, um, they followed Hades around in Disney's Hercules, if you've seen that film. That, that's what they reminded me of. Or even um, the Netflix film, the original that we did last year, uh, was it Wendell? Wendell and or Wendell and something, and they had similar sort of little um, sidekicks, I guess. The, the other characters in this film, we had Jade the Emperor, um, the Demon of Havoc, Wangmu, Buddha. They're all like challenges or obstacles for him to face on this hero's journey that we touched on. So not, not much uh, fleshing out for them to do. They were more just obstacles for him to face. Uh, the director of this film... Anthony Stacci, uh, interesting sort of little, um, you know, filmography to look at because sort of started off um, co-directing that animated, I think it was Sony Pictures film called Open Season, as well as going on to direct The Box Trolls. So that one's an, another, you know, decent animated film. Um, did a lot of storyboard work as well for films like Curious George, Missing Link, and as well as um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio that I've already mentioned today. Real random fact here. <laughs> These are things that stood out the most for me. Did a lot of visual effects on a lot of films that you'd know. So Back to the Future, the original Back to the Future, did some visual effects. Uh, Hook, the Peter Pan film with Robin Williams, as well as the classic film Ghost, and another animated film, a stop-motion film in this, but James and the Giant Peach, which is based on uh, Roald Dahl's novels. So quite a, a varied little background there in um, in a whole bunch of different films. All right, time to talk about some scenes. Let's talk about some scenes from this one. What are the, what are the ones that I, I like to start off with? I think that... You know, the start does did sort of grab me a little bit because we, we meet uh, the Monkey King as a baby monkey and, and he's got these laser eyes, which, which were pretty interesting, and he's got these laser eyes, doesn't know how to use them, sort of cutting through everything. And right at the start, we see these laser eyes go through um, Jade, the Emperor's palace, and, and the Emperor's cat sort of just follows, like a cat does, following follows the light and just fell off the cliff. Um, I thought that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> death, to, death to cats to start the film off. Uh, I'm not a big fan of cats, so that made me laugh. Um, there's this scene at the start um, that the demon um, it's sort of like the monkey king's trying to um, fit in with the other monkeys in the jungle and this demon comes to take one of these kid monkeys and it sort of made me laugh a little bit maybe it was a taken aback a bit and then quickly it turned to sadness because we get this shot where they go back to all the mothers getting their kids back and there's this one last mother who didn't get her kid back and that was quite quite sad to be honest um, the the land of the dead when they travel um, when Lin and the monkey king travelled to the land of the dead visually that was super impressive super impressive scenes there um, and the standout film of oh, sorry the standout scene of this film is definitely the dragon king song this this one song that he sings under the sea it reminded me of ursula from the little mermaid um you know lyrics about taking the world by storm and it was just funny and really well animated and, and good lyrics so really good song um, that i recommend from this film what are some scenes that i didn't necessarily like in this one i think um I guess it's probably more than, than, I, than I'd like, but the Monkey King, he, he goes to this um, this western town that's sort of down and out, and this is where we meet um, Lin for the first time. And, you know, this is a bit of his cockiness almost, that, you know, he's demanding this... He's got one more um, demon to kill before he can ascend, um, you know, with the gods. And he want, he's demanding this ascension ceremony, and there's this little demon girl there that he just fights and just goes on and on. <clears throat> just rubbish. Didn't like that. Um, <clears throat> the Sorry, apologies. I've been pretty crook. So my, uh, my voice is not holding up too well. I think the the Under the Sea Dragon, uh, there's a scene where, you know, he's on land trying to confront the Monkey King and 
it keeps watering away almost. So he has to go back to the bath to, to get some water. And this was just overplayed. They did that too much. So I think that was a bit too repetitive. And then this leads into this chase where the Dragon King's in his bathtub and they're racing down his cliff and the sidekicks and the Monkey King. It was just lame, really lame. Uh, then there's another sort of challenge, this this idea where the, the Dragon King and his little sidekicks are going to try and poison uh, the Monkey King through peaches, through the... the and pretend it's the nectar of immortality just wasn't funny I, yeah wasn't a fan of that i mentioned before wang Mu, she's the queen of heaven um and she's up there and she's got all these ingredients and lin and um the monkey king break in to try and you know make this potion it's just another silly battle really um wasn't really needed there, there was this chance for a good moment though after this battle where um you know lin falls from the sky and the monkey king leaps to save her and this was that moment where we could have said okay he does things for other people other than himself but he, yeah, okay, he does that, which is nice, and Lynn recognizes that. But then the follow-up from that was so poor. Like, it just sort of ruined any thought that you had of, of him actually changing, because he didn't. So that, that was wasteful. Um, the whole the whole end, I've got to talk about the end. It was absolute rubbish. Like, the idea that we'd seen this turnaround in personality from the Monkey King, like I was talking about, it, it was horrible, the whole film. It was just ridiculous after we'd seen him for an hour and a half being so self-centered that now he would just sort of meditate and lock himself away for 500 years to, to reflect on his actions. I, maybe that's a cultural thing. I, I just didn't like that as um, the end of the film because we didn't see enough to see that this is something that he was going to follow through with. So um, my thoughts there, and, and that, that'll lead into the, the themes and the ideas of this one, I guess, and sort of touch on these through the scenes anyway, but the idea of insecurity and, you know, demanding acceptance at times. The Monkey King wants to be accepted and, and to do this is often rebellious and that's fine, but there is this fine line. Um, you know, even if you've been rejected and let down over and over again, never being satisfied like we see with the Monkey King, it's, it's not an excuse. So um, that's an idea there. I think the idea, and, and through the Monkey King, being original, being true to yourself after being rejected, that's fine too. Um, but the idea of immortality and power, like why do you need it? What's the, you know, why can't you just be like, cool, I'm the Monkey King who defeats demons to look out for people and protect people from being attacked. What, why do you need immortality and further power? Um, it's a good question, good thing to ponder about. The Monkey King does, he, you know, he chases dreams, he chases his goals, and, and these are all well and good as long as you don't lose focus of the things and the people around you, especially Lynn, like the Monkey King. So poor to her, like I've mentioned um, throughout this as well. I think, you know, it, the Monkey King, he needs to find his way somehow, and, and part of that might be through working as a team and teamwork with Lynn. Um, we do see Buddhas at the start and at the end, and, and that's nice, this idea of balance and enlightenment and that the idea of rule and order exists, but you know you don't necessarily have to always follow it um, to live a fulfilling life. Uh, I, I, I talked on this with you know um, with Lynn before, but the idea that she's this tiny pebble that can make a big ripple, make changes. Um, you know that, that it's almost like the Nike um, motto: "Don't ask, just do." You know, do it. Um, and, and in saying that too, you can make your own family who you want it to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, the Monkey King doesn't have family. We don't see Lynn's family. So, you know, there's two soul um, bodies that have no one there. So joining together, they can create their own family if needed as well. Um, what did I take away from this film? It's really sad to say the main protagonist, Monkey, the monkey, and I mentioned before how much effort went into the animation of, of his fur. Compared to the rest of the film, he just looked poorly animated, looked really rushed and stood out. So a little bit of a whack for me on that the animation of the Monkey King. Uh, didn't look too good. Um, I'm... Can I ask or ponder a couple of things, I guess, some questions? Because I mentioned before, the Monkey King, he's got this stick. This stick is, um, you know, what gives him the, the ability to beat a lot of these demons. And without this stick, he's almost nothing. But 
why is he so arrogant then if he knows he needs a stick to be powerful why is he so arrogant and so confident in himself and and in saying that too i mentioned one of my scenes that i enjoyed was at the start where the monkey king had laser eyes so that that's a that's a talent or an attribute to himself but we don't see that again really right until the end so like why is he so focused on using his stick why can't he use his eyes and develop those those skills um just something that's probably missed on and and left out um that i thought i'd ponder um i'm ready to wrap this up i think we give the films on this show a, a rating out of five so for me i think um you know like i think the conclusion lets this film down a little bit i mean that and i said before this film doesn't really break the mold in any way but it's got some nice messages like i've touched on with the themes and, and thoughts but it sort of really needed to rethink the way it sort of drags the audience along to try and root for this character the monkey king that sort of gives us no reason at all to actually want to see him succeed so i think you know i'm still going to give it a three out of five but it could have been better it definitely could have been better with some some sort of changes um through to the narrative and some of the character development i think but obviously my own personal thoughts are keen to hear what you guys think of this film on our socials we've got twitter sorry twitter form or x which was formerly known as twitter uh, facebook and instagram i'm gonna put a question up there on socials just to ask is the monkey king a hero is he, is he really a hero i don't know i um maybe lynn to me is more of the hero of this film rather than the monkey king um and apparently she's a new addition to this story she doesn't that that character doesn't exist in um you know the the chinese um story journey to the west that this film's based on so maybe she's more the hero than he is um as always thanks for for listening along we've got a huge back catalog of over 250 netflix original films that we have covered on this show so give us a a browse give us a subscribe give us a like if you can Uh, have a listen and we are back on wednesday for our normal shows as always thank you